Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Eastern Approaches, the world's best podcast on Central and Eastern Europe. And I'll tell you, it's amazing every week, right? Every, every episode is a good one. We've got a really good one this week because we have our very first guest on our podcast, and that is Dom Seha, who is coming to us from Armenia. And he's going to tell us all about Armenia. Now, Andrew, you actually met Dom like a year ago. So give us that quick intro. Okay. So yeah, um, uh, a year ago, March, so March 2019, uh, I decided it was time for me to go explore the other two Caucasus countries because I'd been to Georgia many times. So I uh, flew into to Yerevan and I think it was like a cafe down the street from the hostel I was staying at or B&B or something like that. Um, and Dom was there with, with someone at another table eating and I heard him, I heard him talking and I was like, you know, you get, you get your American radar going and you're like, oh, mm -hmm. okay. He's, he's not just speaking English. He's definitely from the States. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then we just ended up chit-chatting at the, at the cafe and, uh, you know, just, you know, I think at that, well, he'll tell you more like when, how long he was already there for or whatever, but we went out for beers and stuff like that. And we've, we've stayed in contact. And so I'm interested in the caucuses. So he's given me the updates and he's interested in coming out to the Balkans at some point. So I'm always like giving him like the scoop over here. So welcome to the show, Dom. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I appreciate it. Happy to join you guys and talk about Armenia and the caucus region of the world. Cool. So, um, just you know, I'll be blunt. Like, how the hell did you get from Denver, Colorado, to to Yerevan, and was that was that all planned? Certainly, no, not by any means. It wasn't planned at all. Um, so I started to get, kind of give a little bit of backstory on my travel experience. I started traveling uh, 2014 um, pretty frequently. I uh, went to Peru for the first time and really just got like that travel bug that you know most people talk about. Um, and then from there, um, I started to I went to India, then China. Um, and I started really getting fascinated with like more of the uh, kind of off the beaten path countries, countries that you kind of hear more in the news, you know, and kind of not following the traditional path that you know, most kids my age would go, you know, take like going to Europe or going to Mexico, you know, or Canada or, or whatnot. Um, and so as I was traveling in 2017, at the end of 2017, um, I just got back from Vietnam, I uh, was sitting in the airport and I found this, I had found this website, uh, probably like a year ago. So I was using this website to just find random tickets. I found this random ticket mm -hmm. to Armenia. Um, and it's, I heard, the, and I read, I saw the name. I was like, you know, I know nothing about this country. I barely know where it is on the map. Uh, but then I was like, you know what? It sounds interesting. So I started, you know, kind of doing some research. Um, I was and waiting Kardashian. for my plane. And the Kardashians came up. Did the Kardashians yeah. come up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, it no, did not. At first it didn't. It didn't. Um, and then I started just doing some research and, you know, I just got intrigued by the history because uh, like they're the first uh, Christian nation, um, you know, and it just seemed like so off the beaten path. I was like, you know what, let me just book this ticket. It was very inexpensive. I got a round trip ticket from Seattle actually uh, to uh, Yerevan for about $420 on Emirates. Seriously, wow. Yeah. So was, everyone, everyone in Seattle should look for that ticket right now and be like, I'm <laughs> Yeah, I know it's probably a one-time deal, but um, you know, it was just, it was interesting, and it was my 29th birthday as well. So I started this uh, routine back in 2016 to 2015, where I always wanted to be in a different country for my birthday. Um, so this kind of fit to that plan. So you know, I said, let's just book it. You know, let's go with the flow um, and kind of see what happens. So that time came, I ended up you know coming out here, and 
when I first got here, I just, I felt like I've never felt before in any other country. I felt like really connected. I felt almost at peace. Um, and I just felt like, this almost like, it almost felt like home, you know, because mm -hmm. at the time I was, you know, not enjoying my job. I was kind of up and down about just how I felt about the States um, because, you know, obviously with where the States is at right now and the current political environment, there's a lot of tension, there's a lot of divisiveness, you know, so I really wasn't um, a big fan of the States at the moment. So that's why I was continuing to travel more and more to just see different parts of the world and just kind of get that feeling that you get in like those different countries. Um, and you don't feel that hostility in a lot of these countries that I was mm. visiting. Um, and I And I felt that when I got to Armenia, I felt like this almost family-oriented style of, um, of community here. Um, and you know, the more I've learned about it, I mean, it's really, that is how Armenia is run. It's like, a, it's like one big village is what they call it. A lot of the locals call it. <laughs> um, and so I just felt like really, I just felt connected and I felt at home, I felt at peace. And then as I started to kind of travel throughout the country during my time here, I, I spent about a week here. Um, it, it really reminded me a lot of uh, like back home. So it's very scenic because of the mountains. Um, it's, it has a lot, the four seasons that we have in Colorado as well. So, you know, it, it almost mimics um, Colorado weather, the dry summers, you know, kind of the snowy, wet winters. You get a, you get a spring, you get a fall. Um, and then the one thing for me, uh, kind of as Andrew, when I met Andrew, I'm more of a vegetarian vegan. Um, and so yeah. tasting a lot of the fruits and the vegetables here was something that I've never tasted before because, it, because Armenia is such an agricultural based country. Um, you know, I could taste the freshness. I could just taste the, the difference in the food. And that was one of the main draws um, as why I wanted to come back here. Um, so that trip, I spent about seven days here um, just for my birthday. And I said, you know what? I want to come back to this country um, at some point. I don't know when, but I want to make sure I get back here because I really felt like this could be a base for me if I do leave the U.S. Because mm. I was in that stage of, you know, I need to find where I want to go next. Um, and so I ended up quitting my job in 2018, uh, November 2018. I said, you know what, I'm gonna go back to that Armenian country and kind of get see if I feel that same energy that I felt the first time that I was out there. Uh, I came back in 2019 um, for three months, January to March. That's when I met Andrew mm -hmm. um, and I was here for three months and I still had that same, I still had that same feeling. I still felt like this was, I felt at peace, I felt at home. I felt the connection with the people. Um, the people welcomed me with open arms. You know, I, I really enjoy the, the cuisine out here. Um, so I said, you know what? I think this is going to be the place. So I had to go back to the U.S. one more time for a couple of weddings, uh, April 2019, and I was supposed to go to. Um, I had to go to a wedding in America, and I had to go to a wedding in Italy, May tw May 2019, and I was supposed to go to Australia um, after that. And I just was burnt. I was burnt out from traveling. Um, I kind of wanted to just get a base, uh, really just get a base, establish a base somewhere. And I said, you know, mm -hmm. let me go back and try this country out one more time. And if I said, if I feel the same way I felt those first two times, I'm, I'm gonna, this is gonna be my base. And pretty much came here June, 2019. And I've pretty much been here since. Wow. Use that base to you know, travel from here to other places, but I've been here for about the last year and a half, essentially. Man, that's an amazing story. I mean, I, I do have, of course, many, many questions. Um, Certainly. And I know Andrew will chime in too, but just, I guess one thing that occurs to me first, I mean, I feel like we're kindred spirits and that I, you know, similar attitudes about the U.S. and, um, you know, the when you when you find a place that you just kind of click, like you just sort of know it. And I haven't been to Armenia yet, so I don't know how well I click, but just based on some of the stuff you said, I could imagine it clicking there pretty well. But so, I mean, I think Armenia is one of those places where 
if you have a Western passport, you just get like six months whenever you enter and it's no questions asked. I mean, how have you been managing like the, the visa stuff? Uh, so every, so my first time here, I, I came for the three months and I left. So every time you leave, this is what I found out from uh, some lawyers. Every time you leave, it actually restarts the passport. Mm-hmm. So when I was originally reading the, um, you know, the, the rules on the website from the foreign minister, it was every six months for every year, but that's actually not the case. It's every six months. And then every time you leave, that six months gets restarted. Um, so hmm. I left um, the first time I went back to the U.S. Um, and then last year, like around November-ish, I went to Italy to meet my cousin um, from Rome. So that, that restarted my six months again. But then because of Corona, I've actually been here for a year now. So, hmm. you know, it, but then we found that through talking to the regulations that you just need to pay a small fine. Okay. Um, there's no way around that because the border with Georgia has been closed since March and they're not going to open it until probably next year. Wow. Um, so that's typically the route that most people go is go to Georgia real quick for a day and then come back mm. for a small visa run. Um, but that's been a close. So most people are just kind of overstaying their visa and obviously nobody's really worried because, you know, we the COVID's out and you know, there's bigger issues. Um, mm-hmm. you pay a small $100 fine uh, when you leave and then you basically get, you know, your six months starts again. Wow, that's great. Okay. Yeah, that's, that, that sounds really- like a, like like uh, what like Czech Republic used to be when I was there the first time. Like all the expats would just be like, "Oh, this weekend I'm going to Bratislava or Vienna mm-hmm. or whatever," and they do that thing. And that's that's one of those you know I love Schengen because you know it's great. You could just like not worry about all this stuff. But that is the biggest downside is like all the just like hey i'm gonna stay here for three months and restart the clock next you know like on monday after i spend the weekend in whatever awesome city in the neck in the nearby country right exactly and that that really played a big role in, in determining where i wanted to be because you have to take those visa regulations i'm into consideration so like you said europe is not i mean it's a great place to travel but it's not easy to stay there long term because mm-hmm. very strict about being in, you know being there past your you know time limit um, and I found Armenia just to be very kind of essentially liberal um, mm-hmm. in regards to visa regulations. So that, that was that was another main reason. It's like you know I could see it as being a base. Yeah, totally. I mean, I know that's one reason why Georgia is really popular with a lot of long-term exactly. travelers. Is just like you turn up and you get a year and no questions asked. Really, I mean, you can make your visa runs whenever you want. And and yeah, Armenia is not quite as generous, but also pretty liberal. Just like and I think it's smart because they sort of know. You know, these people are going to come and support our economy by like exactly. eating out and buying stuff and all that kind of stuff. So to me, it makes total sense. Exactly. Plus, 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 it's not like a country that's overrun with mass tourism. So mm-hmm. people who have the Airbnbs and things like that, you know, it's like great. You get a long-term rental, especially. I'm sure they don't get much tourism normally anyway. Like you know, probably right. you know November through March or something like that. Yeah. So, exactly. Exactly. I, I was going to ask Dom. So, how as, as far as being an expat and finding a place to live, how did how did that go for you? Like once, like since you you've been there since like last June, so the last year or so, how has that been for like long term, or you just go short term to short term? Or uh, so at first, uh, it was a process, like because you you know when you get here, you get boots on the ground, you you know you're kind of figuring things out. Obviously, there's you know as any country, there's always a local price, and then there's a foreigner price. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I first got here, you know, I was overpaying uh, through an Airbnb. Um, I stayed there for about three months. Um, and then I ended, I eventually ended up talking to the owner uh, because we became just really good friends and she became a good point of contact for me while I was there. And I said, hey, look, I'm going to stay here for an extended period of time. Would you want to cut a deal outside of Airbnb? Um, you know, just like, so and I'll be, a, you know, a long-term renter. Um, so that worked for about six months, ended up paying a little bit closer to the local price. 
Um, and then recently I've been dating a local Armenian girl. And now that having her, now I really know what the local price is. Um, so she helps me a lot because of the translation with, you know, looking on like the, um, I guess you could say the classifieds for the, the, the apartments. Um, so she really helped me get this current apartment that I'm in right now, which is actually paying the local price. Um, it's like, it's a long-term, uh, like a, it's, it's about like six months uh, lease, leasing. And then I can go, you know, if I want to renew it, I can renew it. And the crazy thing is like the landlords here, their sons are living in Colorado. So it's like another yeah. Colorado connection. Really? So, <laughs> it's yeah. a trade-off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, totally. So I, I got a good connection with them and you know, it's, it's been a, it's been a, overall it's been a good experience um, from finding an apartment. And just to make people in expensive cities jealous, can you give us an idea of what you pay for a decent apartment, uh, local price uh, in, in Yerevan? Yeah, so I pay, um, I was showing Andrew before you got on, um, just kind of the apartment. It's more modern. It's definitely not your typical Armenian apartment, but I pay mm -hmm. right now $400 a month. Mm -hmm. um, top yeah. floor, um, internet is about 15 bucks. Uh, the gas, electric, and um, water bill is 15 bucks and then my cell phone's about five dollars so mm -hmm. yeah so so ben i think i think i think we'll just do this podcast every week like live from yerevan because <laughs> i think i think that is the deal of the century totally yeah, exactly it's hard to leave this <laughs> you know and, and dom is that like a one is that a studio a one bedroom what do you uh oh so it's a one bedroom okay so, yeah living room one small bedroom yeah, and the view and the view is fantastic yeah, it's a, yeah, exactly. It's, it's beautiful. And I've come to realize that I could be paying a little bit less, um, but at the same time, like, I don't want to rock the boat with having a good, mm -hmm. uh, having a good landlord and the good relationships that I have with them. So I'm okay paying, you know, the extra 30, 50 bucks I'm paying. Yeah. But it's better to be yeah. paying. Because I, when I initially got here, I was paying about 700. So I was definitely more the foreigner price and do Airbnb. Yeah. No, that's, that's, I mean, that's one of the things which, to me, it, it always gets me is that you can have, especially if you have like Western amounts of money to spend, whether you're, you know, working remotely or whatever. Um, and you go to some of these countries, whether in the Caucasus or, you know, people like Southeast Asia or, you know, some parts of Latin America, um, and you can live so damn well on relatively little money which is great there. But then for me, it always makes it harder to go back. Like I was living in London for a while. It's like, yeah. I'm going back to paying London prices and my quality of life is not any better. Like this makes no sense, right? Like the math just doesn't work out. So it's like, why not live in Yerevan and have like a better life there, right? So. Exactly. No, I, I completely agree. Cause the, the food's better. It's, it's more peaceful. It's a laid back environment. Um, you know, where if I go back to the US and I was paying 13, $1,400 a month for my condo, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. before I left and that was just the rent you know I mean, my mortgage payment essentially you know, plus food and plus you know utilities yeah. I mean, you're 16 dollars plus the stress and you know all, all the things that come with you know living in these bigger mm -hmm. western cities yeah totally. so uh, how how was it to like you know because obviously you you came there twice and the second time you were there for three months so you must have made some local connections all, already so what was it how easy was it to to just kind of chat with locals and did you have language barriers I mean you know I'm assuming that at least that you know your first couple times there you weren't uh, uh, busting out all your uh, Armenian phrases no not <laughs> not by any means um, so this is actually this part the language piece played another important role in uh, me staying here because. When you look at um, the locals, our local Armenians, um, especially the youth, most of them are, of them are required to know um, obviously their 
you know, native tongue, Armenian, Ricardo, no, uh, Russian and English. Mm. So English is widely spoken amongst the uh, younger population. Um, so when I first got here, um, I didn't really have any issues uh, with um, the language barriers. Um, I find myself to be, I can meet people fairly easy. Um, so I, I met a, a, a friend, not a friend, but a, a girl essentially when I first got here. Um, she really helped me out a lot with just kind of getting laid to land, understanding, you know, different parts of Yerevan, where to go, different tour, com tour companies to work with. Um, and then mm -hmm. as I met more of the tour companies, I started to, you know, you meet people on those tour, you know, when you go on those small tours, like different parts of Armenia, you, you meet them. And so you just start kind of, you know, building those relationships um, over time. Um, and then that was my first two times I got here. And then my third time that I got here is actually when I met my girlfriend, like probably a month into being here. And then from there, I really have met a ton of people through her. Um, and then also uh, there is actually um, the landlord that I had the first time when I got here, she put me in contact with their, there's an expat Armenian Facebook group. Hmm. Um, so I joined that and then there's like this one girl, um, I love her to death. Um, she pretty much is like, she has her own hiking company out here in Yerevan. And she is very like, she runs like this pretty much huge expat kind of get together like community essentially. And so every time like somebody joins that, you know, pay, she connects with you, you know, automatically. And so I connected with her and went back and forth. And then I got connected with the entire expat group. And then so you start meeting locals, you start meeting people who are here like on different you know, projects, you know, local um, diaspora Armenia that are coming back to Armenia to like work on like different projects like Bright, uh, Bright America, I believe is one of them. So you start to just kind of, you know, um, get introduced to a lot of people um, and you just kind of grow your circle more and more. Um, and then obviously being a, you know, obviously being a black face in a very, you know, homogenous um, country, you know, I kind of stick out very well. So people are very curious uh, to kind of know just, you know, why am I here? What do you think about mm -hmm. Armenia? Um, you know, they're very friendly, they're very open. And that's another reason that I really enjoy it here because I've been to other countries in the world where I don't, I've, never, I've never had a bad experience, but you get very awkward interactions where people will come up to you and touch your skin or they want to grab your hair mm -hmm. without like, saying anything. And that's, to me, that's very, you know, that's, you're getting into like my kind of personal space. You know, I, if you want to talk or you want to say something, just, you know, open up a conversation. And Armenians do that very well. They, they, they will just say, hey, you know, what are you doing here? Or, you know, why are you here? And so I really enjoy that. Um, so I've, come to know like a lot of these like local shop owners and you know the moms and pops that are running these fruit vegetable markets and you know you know really good uh, friends with them and if you know a little bit of Armenian it could go a long way um, hmm. the locals and so I've actually I've never I like my community is pretty my network's pretty strong here um, and that's really helped especially like when COVID hit and with this whole um, outbreak of this you know, recent war it's really helped with just kind of keeping me calm and you know making sure that everything's gonna be okay and um, you know, just kind of making sure that I'll be okay if something really happened. Mm -hmm. That's great. I mean, that is a huge advantage is, you know, these, some societies, like people are kind of more open and more curious about strangers and some obviously are less, right? And it's, exactly. it's a huge advantage. I can understand why also you would like Armenia's because that's, that's, it's just really nice those places where there's not the suspicion necessarily of right. the foreigner or just or just like not not even suspicion i mean there's plenty of places like in europe where they see foreigners all the time but like they're not going to open to you right like they're not exactly. their society is closed and you're not like allowed in regardless of the color of your skin so it's amazing that armenia has been much more welcoming precisely yeah they've been it's like been open arms and that's yeah, it's been a great experience honestly mm -hmm. and the more you kind of get deeper into the culture and you start kind of you know visiting these smaller villages and 
getting to know like you know the older generation like they're like really you know because you know they love to drink vodka out here that homemade vodka and you have a couple of drinks with them and like they will open up and <laughs> talk about politics i mean you just get these great conversations that you you know they're just priceless and you know it's some of the greatest memories that i've had have been you know with those locals and some of those older locals that just really open up to you and you know just want to just get to know you and you know mm -hmm. that's awesome it kind of sounds like I don't know what well, maybe feels like the, the Europe I felt when I came here 21 years ago, you know, that's, mm -hmm. that's changed. That's not as like, I mean, even the lesser visited countries, all these places in central Eastern Europe that Ben and I talk about they're you know, they're thing, things have changed. It's not exactly the same reception or the same vibe or the same right. feeling or the same curiosity as it was when it was like, oh, why would America, you know, like, why would American be in Poland? And now it would be like, it's like, oh, yeah, it's just some another right. American tourist, you know, just normal. Yeah, it's time yeah. I can see that coming. I can see that happening with our, you know, Yerevan probably 20 years from now is it becomes more of a well-known place and more mm -hmm. you know, and locals might not be as receptive um, to that because there's not to get to the politics of like local culture, but there's actually been like a recent surge of a lot of uh, individuals from India coming here to study medicine. Um, and and um, <laughs> the, the locals aren't as friendly uh, to them as they are, you know, to me. So that's, you know, that's something you would, you know, obviously know if you really are amongst the people, the local people. But mm -hmm. and that's something that's, you know, I've, I've noticed myself is that there's a bigger population of them uh, coming to the country to learn. I'm also like a lot more Chinese as well, um, which is interesting too. So it's yeah, definitely growing. It's definitely growing. Um, so, you know, let's, let's talk a little bit about some of the stuff going on right now. I mean, because as we're recording, it's the, uh, the fighting is going on in, uh, with, in Nagorno-Karabakh between Armenia and Azerbaijan. So how has that affected your life, if at all? Ooh, so when it first started, so the, it started back in July, there was like a small little scuffle. Um, that kind of really raised my red flag because it wasn't necessarily in uh, Nagorno-Karabakh, which kind of was like, you know, why is this taking place on a different part um, mm. of, of Nagorno-Karabakh? So that kind of made me get deeper into the, actually, the actual conflict of that region, you know, understand the history and understand, you know, just the nuance, because it's a very nuanced um, conflict. I mean, it's it's almost like the kind of the Israel-Palestinian, you know, the, mm. the Pakistan over the, the, Kyrgyzmi, uh, the, the Kashmir region. So it's complicated, you know, very deep rooted. Um, so that helped me kind of, you know, enlighten me about the situation at hand. Um, and I kind of had a feeling that like, you know, something might really kick up because that was very kind of, it was very an aggressive move that happened in July. Hmm. Uh, so I, it was crazy because it, it was Sunday morning, you know, I woke up not thinking anything. I was, I was downtown in the center with my girlfriend and all of a sudden, you know, her mom started calling her uh, because her, a lot of her family works in the military and they were saying that there was bombing happening in Nagorno-Karabakh and you know my heart kind of dropped I'm like oh wow like, you know, this, is, this might be really you know kind of mm. going down so the first couple of days I was like you know what let me give it about 48 hours to kind of see what happens you know this might kind of blow over like they have in the past where a lot of these skirmishes last two or three days and you know it kind of stops from there uh, but things kind of just ramped up um, you know that Monday that Tuesday that Wednesday you know things really just got kind of full bore um, and it I kind of freaked out and I kind of freaked out, you know, I was like, damn, what should I do? Um, and it's not like, you know, there's so many layers to this because like, you know, you, you have the COVID thing that's going on right now. So Americans are banned from, you know, 90% of the country, 90% of the world right now. So 
it's like, okay, I can't go to Georgia. You know, that would be my first time just go to Georgia real quick and we just hang out there for, you know, until this blows over. Um, and then the next part is that, you know, I had a girlfriend here and, you know, Armenia is a very traditional and um, conservative country. So, you know, her leaving with me, you know, prior to marriage is, that was out the picture. Hmm. So that kind of put a lot of stress on me as terms of like, okay, what do I really want to do? And how do I feel about this situation? Um, you know, I talked to Andrew quite a number of times during that, uh, that, that time frame, And, you know, I had to really just learn how to live in the moment. You know, it, it really helped me uh, live in the moment, you know, be present, um, you know, really rely on my contacts that I have here that are, you know, some of them are military, some are at the UN. Um, you know, I've contacted the embassy and kind of just really weighed the situation out. And a lot of people have told me that like the fighting, even in the nineties when that took place, it never reached Yerevan. So the likelihood that it would come to Armenia uh, was very slim, you know, based upon reading about the situation and talking to others um, because that would trigger Russia to step into the situation. And I don't think they really want Russia, Russia to get involved with this. Um, and to give listeners a little bit of perspective, uh, Kara, uh, Nagorno-Karabakh is about 300 kilometers, so about seven to eight hours, eight hours away from Yerevan. Um, it's very mountainous, so it's you know it's, it's not an easy road to get to Yerevan and vice versa. Um, so kind of knowing those predicaments, I ended up um, just saying, you know, I'm just going to end up staying here, um, and I kind of gave myself like a backup plan that something were to go down, you know close to Yerevan or, you know, closer to the Armenian border, then, you know, I, I might have to pull the trigger and leave. Um, mm -hmm. I kind of have a, you know, the backup plans. And that's kind of where the Balkans come into play. Because uh, I just don't feel comfortable myself going back to the U.S. right now with the elections coming up in a couple of weeks and, you know, just the hostility that's in that country. So I thought it'd just be better off to stay here. Um, and then through that experience, you know, I started to kind of look at how the locals were, you know, react to this. And it's kind of interesting because as an American, um, you know, especially me, I'm only 31 years old. I really haven't gone through any traumatic experience, you know, in my uh, childhood growing up in America, you know, with war or, or something like that. You know, we mm -hmm. had 9-11, but that was kind of, you know, a, a one-time incident that was one and done. Um, so when you look at the Armenian population there and the locals that they've been through so much, you know, throughout their lifetime, and you have the Armenian genocide in 1915, um, you have the collapse of the Soviet Union, um, they had like a lot, they had a big power outage, like in the nineties, they had a hyperinflation period in the nineties. So these are like some very strong and, you know, very strong willed and very spirited people. And what I saw from them is that they were, you know, there was a lot of unity. There was a lot of, you know, I want to say almost like positivity. They, they were coming together, you know, where I was kind of like stressing out and you know, acting real nervous. That, that really kind of helped me change my perspective of like, okay, if my girlfriend, like, like literally her brother is fighting right now. And she's a lot more calmer than I am, and I have no skin in the game. You know why am I freaking out? So it really helped me like look at myself, um, like from a personal standpoint, like personal growth. Um, so it hasn't been easy. I'm not saying that you know everybody should, you know, do this, but uh, you know you kind of got to weigh your options. You got to really, you know, I love history. I love you know looking into politics and geopolitics. So that kind of spurred my you know curiosity and understanding really the situation. So um, I think you know having the most knowledge you can is great you know having a backup plan would be very advisable and having your source of contacts you know like obviously use the, emb the embassy to your advantage mm. um, a couple of contacts like in the military in the un um so if it's ever get too hostile then you know i gotta i gotta pull the trigger and leave yeah it sounds to me like you're about as well prepared as you could be um and i and i think it's great because you know there's the one the attitude would be to panic and like oh my god i gotta run and get out of here 
And I think, especially a lot of people say like in the US, to the extent Armenia would show up on in the news at all, which probably doesn't, right? But they're only right. gonna hear like the most disastrous stuff, like, exactly. oh my God, there's fighting, there's bombing. And to realize, and then people have to dig a bit deeper and understand, okay, well, that's not actually happening in Yerevan, but that even, it is even possible to like monitor the situation and to have plan B, C, D for what you have to do. And that like, you can still, you can still manage in those kind of situations. So I think it's a pretty, a pretty good illustration of how you just got to be prepared, but also be like sane and be level-headed and, exactly. you know, hopefully it should work out. Exactly. Yeah. So that's a really good point about just keeping your emotions calm um, and not letting the kind of franticness and the, the fear and the, and the doubt kind of creep in. That's at first it kind of happened to me. I, I kind of like told myself, okay, you got to calm down. Like, don't read everything you see about the mm -hmm. fighting and and don't let my family because the other thing that was really causing it was almost causing more stress than the actual war was my family my family was freaking out they were like get out of there and da, 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 da. Cause like you said you know when you hear the the news when armenia makes the news it's like oh the whole armenia has gone to pieces mm -hmm. and, you know, mm -hmm. the nuclear bomb went off and so it's like <laughs> <laughs> the case you know it's like it's, it's a very isolated you know conflict um you know and just through research that i've talked you know dug into like they don't want it's not about Armenia at the end of the day so it's like I, I can feel more confident and confident you know that okay I, I can stay here but exactly if, if something happens here here's plan b and here's how I execute that and mm -hmm. my pivot so when I was when I was uh, talking just you know kind of chatting on what's up with Dom you know I, I'm always the anyone talks about travel anywhere like he was like hey what about Albania or what about this country that country I'm like the guy who's like hey I'm just I, I just jump on kayak and I'm like you know how like before you go anywhere you have to figure out can you get there and then it's like oh crap like like Yer, you know like Yerevan is so is it doesn't have you know flights through you know through everywhere or like oh great I'll, do, I'll go through belarus it's like okay probably let's like skip that option and then right. because they don't have relations with turkey you're like well you know turkish air you can just get anywhere and you go through turkey because you know as an american there's no issues there uh or whatever it's like no that's out the window and it was really like okay you know do you want to go you know like if you go through frankfurt like then do you have to worry because you're american do you have to like make sure you take the covid test before you get get your connecting flight and it's really it's really difficult during these covid times and and everything else that yeah i think it was like like okay you, you can get to, on emirates where can you get to from their hub to like somewhere in the balkans or something like that but it was like i'd never seen so few options probably for any type of you know it's like hey there's a bunch of countries you go to but getting to them is just yeah. not very easy right now Exactly. Yeah, because we talked back and forth a lot, and there's even a couple of the flights that were coming here. They ended up stopping because of the war. So like, like Ukrainian airlines, uh -huh. um, and then Sky Up. You know, they had flights out of here, but they they cut those off. And you know, prior to COVID, you know, Armenia was actually like it was starting to expand. So like Ryanair had had popped in, uh, Wizz Air had popped in. So like Armenia was becoming more of a easier place to get to, um, which was becoming you know very beneficial. It was like, it was like this is the reason why I wanted to be here. But then as soon as COVID hit, like all those flights got canceled. Um, and then now with the war, so like really the only two options that I have is really Qatar Airways um, to go to Doha. But then basically I gotta go back to the US and then from there, or I could go to uh, Emirates or fly Dubai and go, go to Dubai. Yeah, and then go to Dubai route. So like I have like all the, the yeah. flight times and the dates like in my head, like I, I have the app on my phone, like, all right, I know like if I need to leave, I gotta leave at three o'clock in the morning on a Monday, Tuesday or Thursday. 
to go to Dubai or if I want to go to you know US, it's every day at three o'clock in the morning. So <laughs> like, I I know too much now. Like I'm very like mm-hmm. well prepared in terms of you know if something needs to, something has to happen, I I can get out of here. But I guess I guess you can't. You probably can't go on Aeroflot, can you? Because you can't get into Moscow. Because yeah, as as an American, you could go to Tehran or Moscow. But those flights are daily too. But I can't get into either of those countries. Wow, those like what two what two better options could you ask for as an American? Tehran or or Moscow? Hmm. Moscow, right? And or uh, Belarus. Yeah. (laughs) What about you? The other part that's tough too is that you have to get a COVID test. So I got to get the COVID test the day before, and that takes twenty four hours. So like. It's a lot of time that's, that has to happen, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's it's everything's well thought out and like laid out if I need to pull the trigger. But it's, it was a stressful about the last two weeks. But like, like this past week, I've been like really like more calm and just like all right, like just don't let the things get to you. You have a backup plan. Like mm-hmm. cute. But um, those first two weeks are pretty stressful. I'm not, I have to say that. Man, ugh, twenty twenty. What can you say? I know exactly. Um, <laughs> so. Okay, thinking more positively, because you know this this conflict will end, um, and I am super keen to come to Nor- to Armenia for the first time. And I know there's lots and lots to see there. But so, like Dom, what are your favorite places, I guess, to visit in in Armenia? Yeah, so if you're someone who loves nature, um, this is like this country is a goldmine. Um, hmm. Very similar to Georgia, like like hiking, like you know, uh, being near like uh, natural springs. Um, there are so many different aspects uh, to Armenia that are you know, beautiful. Um, the first one that comes to mind is uh, Lake Savan, uh, which is about an hour drive outside of Yerevan. Um, it's just a beautiful, it's an artificial lake, but it's a very nice way to kind of escape the, escape the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, uh, there's a number of different hiking companies um, that I could definitely leave notes on that. And you can get in contact with those people and they'll take you like, to like very remote parts of Armenia. So there's a couple of places like uh, called Lastier, um, which is like you go down this massive creek, um, you hike down to this massive creek, and it's just like it's just a, be- a beautiful experience. And you, there's like a whole different community down there, and uh, it's just a very new kind of nuanced, you know, uh, perspective. Uh, there's also like a big ski res- ski resort town. I I can't say the name of my life. It's a very complex name, <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's a very beautiful place. Uh, and then if you love like you know, obviously with um, Armenia being the first uh, religious or Catholic, or Christian nation. Um, there's a lot of monasteries that are kind of sprinkled throughout Armenia. Um, and getting to those are just, you know, the scenery, getting to those monasteries are just beautiful in and of itself. Uh, there's places like Jermuk, which have like the natural waterfalls. Um, it has like, a, it's a very uh, spa oriented type of city. So if you want to go in like hot springs and, you know, the saunas and all that kind of stuff, uh, Jermuk's a beautiful place. Um, and then into more of the historical aspects and, kind of more of the architecture. There's places like Garni, um, which is like a beautiful kind of like Roman style um, architecture that's kind of in the valley of Armenia, like right outside of Yerevan. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Off the top of my head, those are like kind of the bigger, more kind of touristy yeah. um, aspects. And then there's many things to do that kind of around the city um, as well. So, and can you tell us a bit more about like what Yerevan's like and what you like about Yerevan? Because I know that a lot of people who maybe haven't traveled around the former Soviet Union before have this image of like Soviet cities, just these big, ugly apartment blocks, you know, and not much going for them, but which is not true in a lot of cases. So like, what's, what's Yerevan like and what do you like about there? What's there to see? Certainly. 
Yeah, so uh, Yerevan is like, a, it's like kind of like a very European style, um, like the outdoor cafes, um, kind of like a very, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like, it's like, like an outdoor kind of cafe scenery. So if mm. you go to Yerevan, like on like a summer night, it's going to be very lively. It's going to mm. be very packed, all the different restaurants, all the different cafes. Um, there's a massive, um, they call it the Cascade, which is like a, uh, what's the word I want to use for that? It's kind of like a, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like somewhere you can just kind of like hang out, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, a, like a boulevard um, where you can just kind of hang out and relax, you know, grab tea, grab drinks. Um, there's other parts of Yerevan, if you're more into like the party scene, uh, there's a huge um, nightclub scene. Um, there's more of the kind of the techno, the EDM stuff I'm not really into, but you know, that's, there's a big, you know, kind of a, it's kind of like, a, it's kind of like almost like a revolution of that. Like it's very, it's very new to Armenia just cause, hmm. Armenia has been very, uh, you know, more traditional. Um, if you want to go more like kind of the, kind of like beer gardens, there's like, I think three or four beer gardens. Um, we can just kind of go back, you know, kind of like more lounge. That's where me and Andrew um, connected. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's more just like laid back, just talking, you know, go up with a couple of buddies, you know, just hang out, have a good time. Um, what else is there? I mean, obviously there's, there's a big shopping. If you're into the shopping, uh, there's a, uh, there's the North Avenue mall, uh, which is like kind of like an outdoor indoor mall. Um, which is a nice place as well to, you know, just relax, grab food, grab coffee, go shopping. Um, there's another part. So there's different parts to Yerevan. So there's another avenue is kind of like more of the French artistic. Um, and that's where more your wine scene is because um, Armenia is very known. Armenia is known for their wines. Um, so it's like pomegranate wine. And um, so there's like, a, there's a whole kind of strip of all these different wineries and, um, you know, kind of more the high end, um, eateries mm -hmm. um, and kind of just more like, you know, lounges to, to hang out, to hang out in. Um, and then other than that, um, that's kind of really it. So, I mean, it's not like it's like, it's not like London, you know, by no means, sure. but if you're more like into like the more laid back kind of relaxed atmosphere, um, this is where, you know, this country really shines in that um, kind, mm -hmm. of, kind of environment. Um, you, know, if you really want to get a little bit rowdy. That's, you know, that's there for you. Um, but it's not like, you know, a Paris or a London or, you know, Berlin, it's not like a ton of options, mm -hmm. but it's more just like really laid back, you know, you very kind of loungy atmosphere, you get together with a couple of buddies or get together with a couple of friends and just kind of hang out and really, you know, drink and talk about you know, life. Yeah. yeah. And, and with the plus that um, costs are low and there's lots of nice scenery and it's easy to get out for like day trips to beautiful places and that kind of stuff, I think, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you're talking... You know, most of the scenic places um, to get to are probably like an hour, two hour um, drive. And there's a number of tour companies that will take you out, you know, for four or five hours, you know, and it costs you maybe 10, 15 bucks. Mm -hmm. um, very inexpensive. Um, when you're talking about food, um, so if you want to go high end, you know, come to the nicer restaurants, for two people, you'd probably spend maybe 25, 30 bucks at max. Nice. Um, if you're talking, kind of the everyday food, you know, kind of middle of the road. I think for a party of two, you're talking maybe 10 bucks, you know, that's appetizers, main meal and drinks. Hmm. Uh, me and Angie went to the, the beer garden. We were spending maybe two or three bucks for a, a beer, um, you know, per, per beer. Um, so it, it's very inexpensive. Um, you know, some of the, the nicer wineries, you're paying, you know, maybe two or three bucks for a glass of wine. Um, so 
it's very budget friendly. Um, mm -hmm. We want to come to, you know, kind of save costs, but at the same time, like the environment, it's kind of like um, one individual I met said, it's kind of like a little bit like the European vibe without like the European, uh, the, the Euro dollar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. I can imagine um, that. Hey, Dom, have you taken like much public transport at all? I mean, like I, I, I didn't take it. I know there's a train that goes to Tbilisi and it takes forever. And I wasn't sure, like, can you get anywhere else in, in Armenia on a train and um, or, you know, buses or do you usually take like shared a shared taxi or things like that? If you're going from Yerevan to whatever other city or town or area. Right. So when I first got here, I was doing more of the shared taxi. Um, so out here, um, it, it's the one is called Yandex. It's kind of like the equivalent to Uber. And Uber actually has a investment in Yandex. Um, so that, that was more because I was nervous and I didn't really know the language at the time. I, I was kind of just nervous to really try the local transportation. Uh, but as I've gotten more comfortable and more, you know, kind of just versed in being in Yerevan, I'm, I've actually taken a lot of the, the more the public transportation. Um, so there's a metro line that will take you all throughout the Yerevan city itself. Um, there is a train, it's very slow, it's an old Soviet train that will take you to Tbilisi. Uh, it'll also take you to Gumri, which is the second largest city um, here in Armenia. Um, and that's actually a nice day trip as well. Um, it's, it's a little bit rough around the edges, but it's a, it's a nice place to see. I think it's, it's worth the, uh, it's worth mm -hmm. the trip um, to go to visit Gumri. Um, and then I've started to take the Marshukas, which is a very common Soviet um, like local bus system, I guess you could say, um, a lot of these old Soviet countries. Um, so I, I'm pretty versed in, you know, taking that to, if I need to get from my apartment to, you know, Yerevan City, or I need to get to like another district outside of Yerevan, um, it's fairly easy to get around with the local transportation. Have you, have you given uh, driving there a go or not? Not yet. Um, it's, I'm thinking about getting a car um, in, in the future, but at the moment I have not, um, Driven. I've actually driven one time. Um, I actually got a couple good buddies. Um, we went to go visit um, their, essentially her her, her mother, um, and I drove from Yerevan all the way to basically like the border of Turkey <laughs> one time. <Wow. laughs> but it, it, it wasn't nothing like. I mean, they drive kind of crazy, but like I've seen worse, like in India and Georgia. Mm. So it's not. I didn't have yeah, yeah that's, I was I was wondering like you know because you've been to Georgia so because Georgia yeah, is one of those places like just no no thanks I'm just gonna yeah yeah no, that's the fast and furious in Georgia uh, no thank you <laughs> yeah so it's not too bad it's not too bad out here um, but I, I do eventually I would like to get a car um, as I you know continue to stay long because I would just help with other things I'm working on um, in terms of like the, the food and stuff. With the um, with the with the metro system, because I know there. I mean, I didn't take it because I was only there three days, and I wasn't. It, it, to be honest, it didn't seem like such a huge city that it needed a metro. But um, like you know, I guess you can take it to some probably some very different districts or areas where you know mo m most tourists don't ever go. Yeah, exactly. Most tourists would never probably ever get on the metro um, because when you're in the capital of uh, the center of Yerevan itself, uh, there's only two metro stations that are within the center. Um, and for people who have never been to Yerevan, Yerevan is like a, basically a big concentric circle. Um, so it's probably like, it'd probably take about an hour to walk the, the entire um, center part of Yerevan. Um, I've done a number of times. Um, but yeah, the, the metro is more for like the locals um, and, and to get you to different districts. Like I can take a metro from here to get to like Yerevan or to get like to the rail station to take the to take the rail to like Tbilisi or to go to, you know, the Goom Market. I'm not sure if you went to Goom Market when you're out here. Uh, the mm -hmm, big, no. Uh, okay, yeah, there's a big fruit and kind of 
because uh, like dried fruits are very big in um, Armenia, like apricots and um, you know the, the walnuts, and so there's a big kind of local uh, fruit market that a lot of tourists will end up probably end up going to. You could take the metro over to that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know it sounds great in many ways, and I can't wait to get there whenever the heck we can travel again. One question I have for you as kind of, you know, three expats originally from the US. I mean, this is something you could make a whole show on this, but I'm but I'll ask you about how it applies in Armenia and I'll give you an to like contextualize. I had a major um, discovery yesterday that I was super excited about. I found that there is a series of stores here in Prague and around the Czech Republic that imports certain products from the US and the UK. And I found, mm-hmm. oh my God, I can actually get some of my favorite cereals from the US and the UK through these stores and without like a crazy markup with like grape nuts. Hey, I can get grape nuts in the US. Right. I have kind of a thing for cereal, what can I say? Um, so that was like, that was like one of my, well, you know, I like I made a choice to leave here. I'm glad about it, but you know, eh, I can't, I can't get, for example, um, you know, some of my really important favorite things like cereals. So what what do you miss in Yerevan? Like what's what's the stuff that's missing from your life that you kind of long for from the U.S. or something like that? Uh, I know it probably sounds like a spoiled little brat, but like the two day shipping with Amazon, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> being able to get online and if I need to get you know a headphones or some type of you know supplement or just something that I need from Amazon, getting that quickly that's probably the one biggest thing that I miss. Um, now that I, they do have a service here where you can order things from America um, and get them shipped over to Armenia. And it takes about, about two weeks normally. Hmm. Uh, but just having that instant, you know, ability to jump online and say, hey, I need this for like, you know, tomorrow or like the next day. Um, I really miss it a lot, honestly. Hmm. Uh, that's probably the biggest thing that I miss. And I figured with like the diaspora, just in like Los Angeles, they would already set up like their Armenian Amazon, like Amazon it, it dot, dot a, whatever it would be, AM, I think. Yeah, it would be. yeah, yeah. It's, yeah the, the company's called uh, Globing or Globing. So yeah, if anybody who ever comes to Armenia for like an infinite period of time, I definitely recommend using that service. Um, and I, I've shipped big items, I've shipped little things. So I mean, I hmm. use it pretty frequently to get things from the US or Dubai or London. I mean, it's a very... Hmm well-built out system that they, that they have here. Interesting. But yeah, that's to people who are used to living in countries with an Amazon, um, you know, then when you move somewhere or an Amazon-like thing, you know, where you can get anything and have it delivered by like the next day, like when you, when you give that up, I'm not a huge Amazon-like consumer, but just, I mean, whether in the UK or the US or Germany or wherever, like you can get anything and have it there by next morning. And like, you give that up when you leave those countries yeah oh well you learn to live without it I and mean, you yeah. learn to be more patient and you know just that slower pace of life and it's so mm-hmm. sorry if it gets, okay i know that so it's more like you know kind of letting the western side of me get out of me essentially um and just mm-hmm. learn to more like the rest of the world is i mean because that, that's a very u.s you know kind of you know europe specific, london i would almost say specific thing with you know Amazon. yeah Hey, Dom, I was only in Yerevan for three days, so I pretty much just ate Armenian food because I don't, I hardly ever, I mean, I never really had it. So right. what, what, how is it, how is it for, um, for international cuisine? Like what, what kind of cuisines can you get there? Or let's say, what things do you like that you can't find there? 
as far as restaurants go. Right. So from the international um, cuisine standpoint, that actually is really growing uh, pretty rapidly. So obviously anything Middle Eastern, so like falafels, the hummus, um, you know, kebabs. Um, there's actually a couple of Chinese restaurants. Um, there's actually a Chinese restaurant near that uh, beer garden that we went to. Hmm. Um, there's a, a number of sushi restaurants that are popping up, which I find interesting. Hmm. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say there's a lot of American establishments. You know, they have the American fast food like KFC um, is here. I think that might be the only one actually. Um, and then you kind of, it's more like the more the Ukrainian, kind of more that Soviet food is, 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 is a lot more mm. the, the- And Georgian, I'm assuming too? Yeah, yep, Georgian as well, exactly. Mm. Um, and a little bit of the Turkish, which it's hard to, dice, you know, the, to distinguish between the two, but that influence mm. is there. But if, if you're in the center of Yerevan, you're definitely gonna have more options um, as far as international cuisine. Um, I personally, I'm just a big proponent of when you travel to a country, I think you should try the local food. Um, that's just my personal opinion. You can always get those, you know, that international food when you're at home. So it's like, take a chance to you know, dive into the culture, but those options are available for you if you are here. Mm -hmm. Now, when you kind of get further out of the center, which again, I don't think most tourists would ever get out of the center. Um, you know, things are definitely more local, um, but you know, I don't think most tourists will be getting outside the, outside of the center of Yerevan. And one thing that's encouraging to me from what you said, so you said that you're a vegetarian vegan, right? Um, right. Which I also am. And I know, um, like Georgia was great for me to eat. There's plenty of stuff. Sounds like Armenia vegetarians and vegans can also do really well, right? Yeah. So on the surface, it might seem a little bleak. Um, but as you get a little bit deeper, and, you, and if you can find like a beef friend, a local, um, it's actually is a very, uh, the Armenian cuisine is a very vegetarian, vegan friendly uh, cuisine because it's a lot of it's, you know, a lot of the homegrown um, fruits and vegetables they're using from gardens. Um, so there's a lot of different dishes that, you know, don't necessarily have meat, mm. even though this is a very meat heavy country. But um, and, and also to kind of uh, add on to that, a lot of the establishments like restaurants that are in the center are very, they have those vegetarian, vegan options. Um, so it's, it's definitely growing um, that mindset. And, hmm. yeah, certainly the, the places I ate, I mean, most, a lot of the food seemed okay. Like other than more like the shish kebab stuff seemed, you know, very kind of middle Eastern. And that always like, you know, anything exactly. kind of Lebanese is all you could you know. I'm not a vegetarian and I could go to a Lebanese restaurant and just get a vegetarian platter and be happy as a clam. So hmm. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Cause there's like a tabbouleh falafel. Um, one local Armenian dish is called the, uh, uh, Jangalop hats is like a flatbread with a bunch of different like greens that are kind of grilled and fried together. It's delicious, very local um, Armenian dish. Uh, that's that's all uh, vegan, really, and vegetarian mm. friendly. So there's another, there's quite a different number of options, um, and it's growing as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yum. Sounds good. All right. Well, we are um, almost out of time, but um, Dom, before we go, I wanted to ask you. You mentioned that you used some particular website to find flights, like even that $400 flight um, from Seattle to Yerevan. What was that site that you used? Uh, so the, the website is called uh, Secret Flying. Um, and it's a group of kind of local Europeans that basically are just kind of curating all these flights from all over the world. Um, so if you check, you know, three, four times throughout the, throughout the day, there's always new deals being posted. Um, and then I usually recommend from that site, actually go to the airline itself 
Mm. Um, just to validate that you see that particular price that's being offered and, you know, kind of book it from there. And I definitely use that site for probably three or four years um, as I was kind of really wandering through the world. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's a fantastic tip. Um, should we do an outro? Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay. Yeah. And Dom, do you have anything you want to promote? Like, do you have a website or anything like that that you want to mention to our, to our like two dozen re- listeners or anything? <laughs> uh, no, nah, not right. I mean, I got my Instagram handle. Um, I'm kind of like in between projects right now. So I'm building up, okay. starting up a new one. Um, so you can go to my Instagram. It's called uh, Mount Solomon, uh, M-O-U-N-T-S-O-L-M-O-N. Um, I post a lot of my kind of just travel pictures throughout my time there and a lot more um, Armenian-specific pictures. Um, and then that's pretty much the, the biggest thing I have going on right now. To promote. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being on. Um, really interesting to hear about uh, just like experience right now in Armenia with what's going on, but just, you know, more broadly. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I can say with confidence that whenever the hell we're allowed to travel again, I'll see you in Yerevan. Okay. Yeah, yeah definitely. I welcome you with open arms, man. It's, it's been a pleasure to talk with you guys. And like I say, for any, any listeners out there, I definitely recommend this country. Um, you'll be pleasantly surprised. Um, when you come out here, um, just the, the beauty of it, how you're going to be treated, you know, the food, it's just a very relaxed, um, kind of underrated country um, in, in the world. So I definitely recommend it. And it's been a pleasure sharing my experience with you guys. Yeah, Dom, I, I want to thank you and say, hey, you know, you, you, you've, uh, you, in this hour, you've sold me on a second visit. So um, <laughs> I was just reliving all the stuff I saw and then thinking about the stuff you were telling me. And then in, in the most recent segment, I was like, Oh man, that whatever the cafe we met at, it was like I know I remember exactly what I ate there. I was like, I I want that for lunch right now. So, right. Um, <laughs> uh, th- uh, thank thanks for for being on. And I think uh, I think we'll have you back because because I think uh, we'll need to do a whole vegetarian vegan episode. Um, we could talk about a bunch of different different countries and 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 uh, experiences there. But it'd be great to have have you back on uh, for a future episode, and we could. We could talk about that. Um, so yeah, Dom, thanks, thanks again for for being on, and thanks, thanks for not taking my advice and like bailing to Albania or Serbia or some other place. <laughs> and maybe, maybe next time we do a podcast, we can do one like together live from some like random Balkan yeah. country. Uh, that would be yeah, kind of fun, actually. Yeah, that'd be that'd awesome. Be yeah, I'm definitely happy to come back on and share more experiences. Um, and yeah, it would be awesome if we could meet up in Balkan, the Balkan country, Balkan countries, and kind of shoot from there because that's the place I want to be next. To be continued. Um, thanks everybody for listening. I'm Ben Curtis. You can find me at benjamincurtis.me. And I'm Andrew Vallone. You could find me at savertheexperiencetours.com. Once again, thanks for listening and you'll hear us next week.